0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We've been dealing with uh, human sexuality Uh, It is known in our culture this month as uh, Gay Pride Month, and um, man, we we are right in the middle of a sexual revolution, things that are happening that we wouldn't have expected even even a year ago now. Um, So yesterday, I I just wanted to give us a a little bit more air to breathe on the question that I asked at the end of the program, which is, um, can homosexuals change? Can those who are slaves in their sin change? What's the answer for
1: them? Well, I would say let's, let's broaden that out. Can, can any human being change? Can any human being transform themselves? Or can any human being be pressured by other human beings, including the church, into change of anything? And the answer is no. Uh, the, the remedy of the gospel for all people is to come to Christ and submit ourselves to him so that we, as the Apostle Paul says, that every one of us in, in Christ can say, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so my goal in, in ministry, the goal of the Christian church in, in ministering uh, to people coming out of the gay lifestyle if if we if we make it our goal to turn gay people straight well that's far too small brothers and sisters yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. and that's not the gospel uh it, it is uh to lead people to christ so that they become transformed in him and yes that's going to mean that's going to mean rejecting and leaving behind same-sex mm-hmm. behaviors mm-hmm. And, and 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 rejecting that part of your life and leaving it, so leaving that behind, so that you can go move toward Christ. Um, and if if we if we think that our mission is just to get the gay out of people, and yes, I want I, I, I would I would pray and and want uh, for people who have been caught up in the gay lifestyle to see uh, the lies behind it, to see uh, that it is not God's will and intention uh, to leave behind the term gay because that's an ideology, it's a false ideology. Uh, but Christ Christ has a much bigger uh, ambition in your life. Christ has a much bigger vision for your life than that you become straight.
0: Yeah, that's a new form of moralism, unfortunately. Yes, it is. If we just change our behavior, then we're Christian. No, that's not what the Bible no, says. That's right. Well, Christianity is not decisionalism. Mm-hmm. It's not yes. moralism. It's being a brand new creature in Christ. Jesus right. said it so clearly, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes. You need to be totally transformed into a new creation.
1: Yes, uh, C.S. Lewis has a great, once again, he has a great illustration of this when he asks, is, is Christianity hard or easy? And this is in uh, uh, his book, Mere Christianity. And he, sa- he talks about when he was a child, if he had a toothache, he didn't really want to tell his mother about it because he knew, well, he, he said mm-hmm. that if, if, he did, if he did tell his mother about it, that he had a toothache, what he wanted was for her to give him an aspirin and make the pain go away. He said, but I didn't really want to tell her because I knew that if I told her, she was going to drag me to the dentist (laughs) and the the thing was going to be out and it was going to hurt and I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. Well, And that's what human beings want. We want an easy fix to all of our pains and and to our brokenness. We want an aspirin that makes it go away when when Jesus is going to take us to the dentist. Jesus is going to get to the root of the problem and, and transform us from the inside out
2: you know i think that you know when we talk about can people change we want to include people can change through the gospel because ultimately you know we are to become more like christ um jesus is god's perfect image and we're called to put on the lord jesus christ and make no provision for the flesh so things change when we you know through the through the gospel we're not you know the flesh is that sinful nature that sinful effect uh, you know the you know the sin that clings to us. We're not making any provision for that. There are a couple great examples, you know, then they both written books. You know, we mentioned already Rosario Butterfield, The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. Here's a woman that uh, was deep into lesbianism, uh, you know, was taught, um, you know, lesbian and women's studies at Syracuse University, becomes a, you know, by the transformation of the gospel, becomes a Christian, and her whole lifestyle's changed. Yeah. You know the 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 same thing is true of uh, of a man by the name of Christopher Yuan. Um, pre pre conversion, you know, he's a, a Chinese, uh, you know, unbeliever. Is you know, he's got all the pressures of his parents. You know, he announces he's gay. His parents tell him they have to choose the family or or his lifestyle. He chooses his lifestyle. He goes deep into sin in that lifestyle. And, uh, and, and some at some point, sin led to other sins, and he's in, he finds himself in prison, and he's reading the Bible. Uh, he's converted. Uh, meanwhile, his parents have been converted, and they've been praying for him and loving on him. The, 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 the thing is, is that he is shaped by God's grand story of who he is, who he was created to be, and who he can be uh, according to the image of Christ stamped upon him. That's and, right and and that any the, and there's change. Yeah. There's absolutely. change. The gospel changes people. Yes, that's uh, right. You know, you can you can uh, change behavior by just practicing a different behavior, but that doesn't mean that you've been changed internally. That's right. There was a major evangelical leader here uh, a couple of years ago. He was
0: being interviewed in some kind of town hall meeting by an MSNBC anchor in New York City and uh, the MSNBC anchor wanted a soundbite. So he asked the question, uh, will homosexuals go to hell? Uh, is, this the, is homosexuality the one sin that will send people to hell? And this evangelical leader just very wisely answered the question he said, no. He said, what sends people to hell is their self-righteousness that they don't need God. They're, they're rejecting God. And they're the reject on that grounds. They're rejecting the gospel. Homosexuality is a sin that they're going to be additionally punished for. But it's that refusal to come to God and be reconciled to Him through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, uh, and, and trust Him as your Savior. That is is essentially rejection of of God's good design for you.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think that Christians should invo- avoid very simplistic promises. Well, if you just prayed more, mm-hmm. if you just uh, you know, if you just had more faith, God would take these desires away from you. That's not the way life works, and the Bible doesn't teach that. That's the way life works. In fact, quite the contrary. The Apostle Paul struggled with sin and temptation his entire life, and it's it's. it's uh, very powerfully expressed in the seventh chapter of Romans, where he says, "The thing that I want to do, I find I can't do, and the thing that I don't want to do, I find myself doing." Then he cries out at the end of chapter seven, "Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death?" That's all of us. Yeah. That's why we need the gospel. And then he then he cries out, "Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, my Lord." Um, that that's our victory is to trust in Christ. And no, in, in you know this side of eternity. Uh, every one of us is going to carry with us desires and temptations that don't honor Christ um, and so I'm not going to make a false promise to the person who experiences same sex attraction and say that oh if you just prayed more you know that that would just go away Well no
0: there's other promises that we can give
1: uh, in in the eighth chapter
0: of Romans there are promises that God, there's therefore now no condemnation That's for those right. who are in Christ. Yes. Or Romans 8:28 God causes all things to work together for those who are called for those who love him according to his purposes. Yeah. Amen. Those are real promises. Yep. Even mm-hmm. in the in even in the midst of temptation, even right. in the midst of failure and and the promises that that uh, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean those are the precious promises that we preach to our people every every week. John 16. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world.
1: Right. Right.
0: Okay, um Okay, well, we haven't even touched on this issue of, of transgenderism yet. Do you guys think you can make a shift in your thinking? <laughs> Are the wheels okay, still okay, turning? Do you need some more coffee? Let's it. Okay, let's try it. All right, here we go. <laughs> so um, how should Christians think about transgenderism? Uh, Von Roberts uh, defines a transgender person as this, a person, quote, a person whose gender identity does not correspond to that person's biological sex assigned at birth. So, how should we think about, as Christians, how should we think about transgenderism?
2: You know, I think that, I think that he makes a mistake by, by using the word assign, you know, to see, simply suggest that something was assigned, you know, that, you know, that it was imposed on them. You know, we're, we're, talking, about a, we're talking about biology here. And, and, for all the, you know, oftentimes we're told we're science deniers when it comes to maybe the, uh, you know, the environment. But here's the largest picture of the environment, and it's male and human sexuality. And, and the greatest science deniers are the people that are talking about something that was simply assigned. Now, we've already talked about, you know, the effects of sin and the effects of the fall, where our fallen nature may be given toward a proclivity toward certain sins over others. We all don't sin in the same way. We all are not persuaded by the same things. And being a pastor, you know, and sitting and counseling different individuals, you know, there's some things that come through that office door and you go, how? How did this person even get there? It it doesn't even—it isn't even on my radar. And yet there are other things that might come in. They're— Fully on my radar. I understand that one perfectly. But sin affects all of us differently. Mm-hmm. So I think that the problem is simply saying something has been assigned. No, God created us with differentiations and we can't get past the biology. And so this whole idea of transgenderism, it it is wrong to assume that this is how God created somebody.
1: Right. And 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 while we're saying that, and at the risk of being tedious, um, Let's once again emphasize, uh, because every one of us is broken by sin, all have sinned and fallen short of the the glory of God. You know, I've never never had a doubt in my life that I am male, that I was born male. That that just never even occurred to me to think differently. But I've certainly been confused in my life by a lot of lies about what it means to be male. Yeah, right. You know, if I take my definition of maleness from John Wayne, you know, and not to to rip on John Wayne, who I I love, by the way. (laughs) What's wrong with the quiet man? (laughs) I I love John Wayne movies. But, you know, he's not going to teach me how to be a man. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, my point being that there's all kinds of fallen and Mm -hmm. twisted and uh, ungodly and unbiblical notions about what it means to be a man. I don't, I don't learn either from my own experience or from secular culture, what it means to be a man. Uh, I learned that from God's word. Mm. And the same thing for womanhood. And uh, yeah, there uh, um, in the image of God, I'm going back to Genesis 2, God made them male and female. in the image of God, He created them male and female. Um, that tells us God's will and intention for the human race, and we're running out of time here, so we're going to have to come back to this one. I, I want to recognize, just pastorally, that there are people, there are people who struggle with that and, and wonder where do I. It, it, that doesn't feel like a fit for me, and what the sex I was born with doesn't feel like a fit for me, and so let's come back to that because I think that does need to be dealt with pastorally and with a lot of love and compassion and not not with, with judgment and condemnation. Uh, so we're going to come back to that next time.
0: Real quick, a um, book resource on this would be God and the Transgender Debate by Andrew T. Walker. Uh, this was the Book Award um, 2017 in the TGC. So that might be a great resource. Uh, we'll see you next time. This has been The Gospel
2: for Life.